other's gang Two sisters, both curious and strange A likely duo and they witty from the brain It's the magic hour, Mercedes and Jay Welcome everyone who just got here to Move With Magic Yes We are thrilled to have you guys here Um and of course, thank you to Onnit for having us in their beautiful gym in Austin, Texas during South by Southwest of all times. So welcome, boys and babes, to the Magic Hour podcast, a place where we navigate through life's peaks and valleys with all the shamelessness and vulnerability we can muster. With the help of world-class guests from all walks of life, we uncover new truths and valuable tools for manifesting our fullest potential. I'm your host, Mercedes Terrell along with my partner in shine, the woman who put all this on. So thank you to her. She's the woman with a plan, Jade Bryce. Hi. Um, I'm so happy that you guys are all here. We really wanted to just put together an event that we would like to attend, something where we get out of our comfort zones. We're not public speakers, so this is really out of our comfort zones. Can you tell? <laughs> um and also to just get silly and move around and shed our egos some and not care, you know, what we look like. Get out of the, the uh, you know, headspace of South by too. Mm. Um, we're super thankful you guys are here. I, I love uh, rooms with energy like this because like I was saying earlier, everyone around you is like-minded and on the growth path. That's why they come to things like this. So if you talk to anyone, I think a lot of people I saw were kind of by themselves. It didn't seem like a lot of y'all came with someone. So if you, you know, went and talked to someone, I'm sure it would be a really good conversation. And yeah, if everyone just wants to look to their left and say, you look stunning. (laughs) You look stunning, doll. <laughs> or to your right. Look at your partner. You can look at both sides, I guess, and just say, you look stunning. Like, I love being in a room where no matter who you make eye contact with, you smile, you know? So I'm really happy that all of you guys came here. Yeah. And on top of all that magic, uh, not only are we going to learn all kinds of great things from Aaron here and of course, and all the other guests we're having on today, but we're donating all the proceeds from this event to Safe Austin. So thank you guys for being part of that really meaningful cause. Yeah, so Safe, if uh, you're not familiar with them, what's sad is uh, a lot of times we forget that in our own backyard, there needs to be a lot of help and a lot of rehab. Uh, Texas is the number one state in the entire country for child abuse fatalities. And Austin leads in that as well. They have about 2,100 cases of child abuse every single year. Um, SAFE not only goes out there and rescues those children, but they rehab them. They give them therapy. They counsel them, as well as women who were sex trafficked or, you know, in a domestic violence situation. So it's really near and dear to our hearts. We really wanted to just make a big difference and donate. Our goal is 4,000. And also Mercedes and I, uh, we haven't met our goal yet, but Mercedes and I wanted to pull from our own pockets and match you dollar for dollar up to a thousand to try to meet that goal and try to double your money and encourage, you know, donations there. And yeah, uh, just our whole slogan is be a light. So thank you for helping us be that. And thank you for being here and being that also. Yes. Thank you guys. All right. So 
I'm not even going to try to like give Aaron his intro without reading it because <laughs> I don't know if you guys, if you listen to the Magic Hour podcast, you know that our intros are elaborate and often long, especially if I write them. So <laughs> he is an extreme, are you afraid of what I'm about to say yeah, in here? <laughs> he he gave you like, a kind of like, look, go ahead. What does she know? <laughs> He is an extremely passionate movement expert who relays relevant, actionable, and relatable tools for bettering your health to his listeners on his own show called The Align Podcast, which we're both a big fan of. He started his journey as a personal trainer, helping people with their diet choices and exercise regimens, but decided he wanted to dive deeper into the world of movement by studying psychology, massage therapy, functional movement, physical pain alleviation, and even became a certified rolfer along the way. You can see why I have to read all that off. Uh, With his endless list of movement-related research and credentials, he created his trademark approach for optimal health and living called the Align Method. (laughs) Is this news to you? (laughs) (laughs) This guy not only talks the talk when it comes to movement, anything movement related really, but he truly walks the walk, so to speak, by implementing his effective practices into his own day-to-day life. Please welcome our guest, Aaron Alexander. Like honored and humbled to for you guys to invite me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. We are honored. Yes. So I know that Mercedes mentioned a lot about what you do in that intro. But we'd also love to hear what your big picture goals are around movement and how maybe you want to get the point across of how people can involve movement somehow every day in their lives. Mm-hmm. I have this awkward random quote that I would I was like yes. to say because we just so we, we love did like this amazing dance class and it was so fun yeah. and we're like expressing and get every, everything out. And there's this quote that I had written down this morning, and I swear I'll go straight to what you just asked go after ahead, that. Yeah, but no. I would I would like had it written. So it's by a guy called John Ciardi. I might not be saying that name right. He's an American poet. And it says, an ulcer is an unkissed imagination taking its revenge for having been jilted. It's an undanced dance, an unpainted watercolor, an unwritten poem. Mm. <clears throat> I just think that's like so powerful because that's yeah. what we're doing yes. here together when we're having this eye contact together and we're having this dance and we're like screaming it out or wiggling our hands or our feet and getting yeah. all this stuff out mm-hmm. of our bodies so many people are kind of stuck in this kind of like monotone lifestyle mm-hmm. because anything else is like, we think it's unacceptable. But meanwhile, when we see people kind of shooting up a flare that's a little bit different, we kind of were like enamored by that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's this fear to do that. And so I think it's such a beautiful thing to be here together with you guys, kind of like we're building each other, we're leaning on each other so that we can start to you know, relieve some of these ulcers. Yeah. Making me tear up. <laughs> Anyways. That's <laughs> why I wanted, wanted us all to be here. Yeah, right. You get us, Aaron, you get us. Yeah, good. All right. So the question, uh, what was the question? So what are your big picture goals around movement? And like, what are you really trying to get across to people about how they can just integrate movement in their daily lives? That's it. That's the big picture. Like we've, we've isolated movement into a container that we like, you know, we backload it or we front load it or we put it into like this four times a week, five by five, you know, circuit, tra- whatever. And it's like your whole life can be a practice. And every moment truly is an opportunity to do that if you 
have just basic mechanics figured out and then maybe a little bit of inspiration. And then you start, maybe if we together can start to change the mold, which we're doing right now, to make it be more normal to like do lunges in the aisle of an airplane, you know, or squat or sit on the ground, like sit on the ground. Like it's not like what we're doing right now, just being on the ground is like kind of not to toot our own horn, but it's like kind of revolutionary in a sense, Mm. you know, and it's not anything new. It's like, it's a Renaissance. Yeah. It's It's a a Renaissance. (laughs) You know, it's like, if you want new information, you have to look into old books. And like, this is the oldest thing that we've been doing since forever is just spending more time on the ground. You know, so as we're here, is it okay if I go through some please, of the things? I please, I right. So as, we're, as we're here, we're opening up through our adductors. We're opening up through our hip flexors. We have to actually go through the full range of motion of squatting all the way down, which ends up mm. circulating fluid. It opens up our pelvic floor. Um, it circulates fluid through our, our organs. It helps us go through this, this bottom range of motion, like this bottom like three and a half, four feet, mm-hmm. essentially is just off the table for modernity. We don't like this, this motion. Mm-hmm. Once we get past 90 degrees, all this is gone. We just mm-hmm. don't have it, you know? And so fall risk, that's the number one leading reason for elderly, all of our grandparents and us in the future for needing assisted living. At some point, all of us in the room will come to a point where if we don't start thinking about this right now, we potentially will fall and need mm-hmm. someone else to get us the hell off the ground. Mm-hmm. Literally, I've fallen and I can't get up. Like, I fall, I can't. That's real shit. Yeah. Like people yeah. have, I'm sure people, does anybody in, in the room have grandparents that have that experience? Yeah, I've totally, I have a great grandma who broke her <laughs> hip and yeah, deal. by just getting onto the ground. And so if you just like that simple little thing, you know, those small little bits and pieces aggregate into huge gains. And so something as simple as like when you're, you know, obsessing over Instagram or Facebook or checking your emails, obsess over it while you're on the ground. You know, and you're starting to add in a little bit of benefit to that. Mm. Then maybe do that outside. Oh, now we're getting sun. Now we're setting our circadian rhythm and increasing dopamine and serotonin and balancing our neurotransmitters. Oh, and we're getting sun, we're getting tan. Now I'm, all of a sudden I have this feedback loop because I feel better about myself because I I have like color in my face instead of bags under my eyes. Yeah, it's so true. And the list goes on too. You can keep (laughs) adding to that. Make sure it's, you know, early morning sun and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so spend more time on the ground. The first time I ever saw you, it was at the Kingsbury's house and you were outside at like the crack of dawn out there meditating in the sun. And that's like, you don't normally see. And then you came in and helped her do her laundry, by the way. Two things you don't normally see people do. Um, And so that really stood out to me. And I I like how you said, um, like making it normal almost. Like speaking of the Kingsbury's, like Kyle walks around barefoot 24 seven and runs outside in a speedo when it's really cold outside and people think he's so weird, but I want to see everyone doing that. You know, it's so good for you. So I hope, I hope that becomes normal. Yeah. So our bodies, our bodies, we need something to defend against. We need something to adapt to. Now that's what makes, that's why humans are here. That's why humans are special is we have the capacity to adapt to anything. You know, we can adapt to just hunching over and staring yeah. into phones all day. Like we can, mm. we can do that and everything will just slow down. You guys know the story of the sea squirt? No, but oh, I don't, man, I don't the like sea the squirt's word. exciting. <laughs> so the sea squirt. So they have nervous systems a lot like human beings and they have like a little spinal cord and it's, their central nervous system looks like a lot of that of, of humans mm. um, from what I've read. I don't know. I've never personally <laughs> studied sea squirts. 
Um, but they start out their lives and they're swimming and they're, they're cruising through. Is the, this a real fucking thing? This is a real thing. Look it up. Everybody get your phone. C squared. No, don't get your phone. That goes against everything we're standing for today. Shit. So anyways, so the C squared, it moves to the ocean and it's got this central nervous system a lot like humans until eventually it finds some boat or some reef or something to kind of stick itself up against and it stops moving. And then it starts to, you know, eat in a different way and kind of just chills there. It's what, you know, that's why, that's why it lives. I don't, know, I don't know why it does that exactly. But when it does that, it ends up actually digesting its own brain because the brain's a really mm. expensive organ to function. And so for us as human beings, as we're sitting in place, you can see, like, if you go to, like, a hockey game or a football game and you see people, if you're, like, probably one of the people in the room here, I'd imagine, you, you can see that difference in people where their kind of eyes are glazed over and they've had a couple too many beers and their skin's a little and it just and it looks like they're like the sea squirt where their brain is being digested to mm. me. That may be judgmental, I'm sorry. Um, but it's true. But, it's, but you can actually literally yeah. see the brain goes blue. It's sad. You know, it's like if you look at, at functional MRIs, like the brain starts to kind of just like ugh, go into this kind of winter period. Yeah movement mm. it, it makes you smart and i was reading too like ways to um prevent dementia and movement was one of the very first ways yeah, dance is the most powerful yes well y'all yeah. just got a little bit <laughs> further out to the dementia tree <laughs> today <laughs> there's can i say something else and then I'll shut up. No, right, so we gave you a, a mic for reading. There was a study. <laughs> Take the mic away. So there was a study at Albert Einstein College of Medicine where they were studying um, different forms of, of like having people do crossword puzzles and having people swim and having people play tennis and then having people dance. And they were uh, measuring what had the greatest impact on brain function and reducing the risk of dementia. And what they found, sure enough, like drum roll, was dance has the biggest impact. Wow. Because you're doing so much. You know, you're doing all the human stuff when you dance, especially if you're with somebody else. Mm. Yeah. You know, so you're pushing your boundaries. You're, oh, I don't know if I was, oh, you know, so you get that stress Mm. response. You're like, oh, I broke through. I did it. You know, and you're syncing yourself up to music. So now you're you're syncing up your your motor system with your cognitive system. And it's just this integration. Mm. Dance is just like it's through the roof. It's like that shaking, and you talk about it often, actually. I've heard you mention it a couple times on your podcast, like when a bird hits a window or a dog, you know, something happens that sparks his anxiety. He has to shake it off at some point. Shake it off. Yeah. Yeah. Dancing is the shaking. Should I tell my kids when they're angry? And Natasha's the one that taught me this, Kingsbury. Shake it off, shake it off. And you, like, get really dramatic with it and move as much as you can. And it actually freaking works for toddlers. Yeah. So I reckon if you have kids. And you you see that in people's nervous system as, as well, like, so I do rolfing and body work and different forms of like putting Explain my elbows into different yeah. places. So Ida Rolf is the last name of this woman who, uh, she called it structural integration. Rolfing is like probably one of the worst branded names of any <laughs> it, modality it really of anything. You're like, so that's when you vomit on somebody's back, right? <laughs> um, so I've never done that yet. Um, you know, so uh, anyways, rolfing. So, <laughs> So Rolfing, it's essentially the the intention of structural integration is to work with people via their connective tissue to Mm. align their joints. Mm. So looking at, you know, so so many people have tension in their shoulders or their traps or their whatever up Mm. here usually somewhere Mm -hmm. because this is where our minds are at. This is where our attention is. Um, 
And But what I look at, or a rolfer or a structural integrator, a person with that perspective, would look at is what's the foundation look like and what's all the alignment look like from the foot to the mm-hmm. knee to the hip. Because if there's instability at any lower level, then that will create some type of imbalance or compensation at mm-hmm. a higher level. Mm. It's like a relationship. It is. <laughs> yeah, I haven't had a rolfing experience yet, but I I definitely want to look into that because this is you're releasing even any kind of adrenal um toxic buildup and whatever builds up in the fascia in the fat cells and everything else when you do that. So if the body is aligned mm-hmm. in alignment, um it functions. You know, that's the basis of osteopathy as well, which is something that's it's just, the definition is kind of similar. People more, are more familiar with other places other than the United States. But the intention is to get all the systems to f- come into alignment so the body can start to heal itself. Mm. But if you put, it's like a thing of a dam. You know, if you dam some aspect of your circulatory system, of your nervous system, of any part of you, then all of a sudden there becomes a buildup. You know, and so our approach, more of the Western approach, is when we have those buildups, as opposed to looking at what's happening in the physical system, mm-hmm. we just figure out what can we put into the person's face in order to address that, that dam. And from more of like many other perspectives, not just one of like osteopathy or structural integration, mm-hmm. um, they're looking at like what's the actual physical form, what's the physical form's role in this? You know, and so again, some like a shotgun approach like dance or sexuality. You know, why do people so, feel so good after they have sex? They're like, whoa, did you get lucky? You know, and you yeah. like see it. You're like, you're chipper. Yeah. It's like maybe they just moved their pelvis in right. a way that they haven't for like mm, yeah. three months. Huh. And they stir the fluids yeah. up. You know, maybe they moan and maybe they, they, they did things with their bodies that they haven't done for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they made deep connection with another person, which is healing for yeah. all sorts of reasons as well. Sure. You know, so anyways, I'm relating rolfing back to moaning. So what are, what are the practices besides sex that we can add into our lives more often? In addition to sex, yeah, in not addition. besides. We've already covered, that's great. Yeah. Dancing and sex uh, that, that we can add into like our daily life, like I don't know, ha- having a bed that's on the ground sounds like a good start. Yeah, but then you won't have as much sex. So I would go <laughs> Yeah, that's not with- good for all the, all the <laughs> positions. <laughs> they can't clash. <laughs> Every, all roads need to lead to sex, I think. Okay. In some capacity. Um, so hanging is one that would also <laughs> okay. lead to more sex because it would make you more attractive. Um, so there's a whole book called Shoulder Do Pain. explain, yes. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Couple things with hanging. Back to sex. So hanging, one thing. People, if people are more interested in this beyond the duration of this podcast, they can look up a book called Shoulder Pain by a guy called Dr. John Kirsch. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole book breaks down the effect at actually remodeling the shoulder joint via doing something as simple as hanging each day. You know, so he recommends just a minute and a half of just hanging. Not complicated. Nor is anything that really is helpful for you. Yeah. Generally speaking, the more you pay and the more work you had to, you got to get all the pamphlets and you got to see the, get the instructionals. It's like, it's like that quote, the best things in life are free. My magic mm -hmm. trick on our show this episode this week is a chanting mantras. It's completely free and it's so beneficial. So So it's like most of the things they're free that benefit us the most. Yeah. So just, just the simple act of hanging. Um, it literally starts to restructure the shape of the clavicle, of the scapula, 
and the relationship of the, the head of the humerus. And so the tendency for people, cell phone staring, computer staring, chair sitting, um, not to be too aggressive because we're all like beautiful snowflakes as well, but that's the nature of what we're doing, um, is for that shoulder to start to roll forward. And then most people, when they go up in overhead range of motion, most people lack it and they end up taking from their lumbar spine. So when they go, people listening won't see, but that's okay. Um, just I'm, I'm raising my arm up over my head right now. And then I get to a certain point. I can't raise it any further. And then I'll dump my lower back instead mm-hmm. to make it seem like I can get my arm up over my head. And now I'm exacerbating any type of lower back uh-huh. issue. So like disc herniations. So something that we can play with. Everybody put your arms up over your head one time. Just see where, see where it's at. It's just good for you. It's going to raise mm-hmm. testosterone, which is a great thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, breathe it's a power into the pose. side of your ribs. Breathe into your armpits. Mm-hmm. And reach your thumbs back behind you as well is a nice thing. Mm-hmm. That helps with stabilizing the shoulder girdle, which is a beautiful thing. Good. And reach. imagine you're reaching up to the ceiling. Imagine you're growing through your fingertips. Imagine you can, you're, you're like so close to reaching the ceiling and all the way get up there. And then breathing into the sides of your ribs, breathing into the front of your chest, breathing back behind your heart. Now soften a little bit and feel your shoulders start to drop. Almost imagine your arms are starting to float up from your shoulders. Take a breath, emphasize that breath out. By emphasizing that breath out, that's helpful with activating more of that parasympathetic Rest, relax, calm side of your nervous system. And then take a big breath in. Shrug your shoulders all the way up, 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 up. Shrug, shrug, shrug. Hi, 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 hi. Hopefully people at home are doing this. And then on your breath out, oh, let your shoulders drop. <sighs> little stuff like that. Yeah, little, just little stuff like that. Yeah. So, so with that, um, <laughs> one, that's just an, a nice little interesting thing, how much we can change the state of a room mm-hmm. in a matter of like, whatever that was, 19 seconds or something, you know, we're adaptable. Hmm. Um, You know, so spending that time, just one and a half minutes is what Dr. Kirsch recommends. That's what I happen to be recommending as well. Um, Literally starts, you get structural, skeletal change of your shoulder girdle. So you actually get that full range of motion. So you're not stealing from your lower back when you Hmm. want to raise your arm up above your head to grab Hmm. something out of the cupboard. I'm someone who loves to jog. That's like my fave thing to do. And, and I know it's not great for me. I can tell like my knees don't love it and all those things when I do it for a long time. So what are your thoughts on running and jogging? I know that's a very simple question, but I feel like, yeah. Um, so running jog last thing with the shoulder thing by getting your shoulders up, that's also been shown by being in an upright position that's been shown to increase testosterone levels and decrease stress hormones, Mm. specifically cortisol is one they measured. It's a really famous study done um, in Harvard by a lady called Amy Cuddy. She's got a TED Talk that's really famous. Um, So they have people go up into that position for two minutes and they do saliva samples. And during that time, they see cortisol levels drop. They see uh, testosterone levels increase in that short amount of time. You also get testosterone increase from like driving a fancy car, putting in clothes that you're proud of. Um, (laughs) Anyways, so with running, running, it's all about how you do it. Okay. You know, so there's like an art and science Mm. to to running well. And most of us, we come from a background where we're sitting. If we were sitting like this more often, running would be way more effective. Because we already got this Uh, flow going. We're we're starting to activate. By putting yourself in this cross-legged position, you're starting to set. Yeah, Mm -hmm. well, you're you're stretching open your hips. Adductors tend to get quite tight with a lot of people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But you're also starting to set your hips up in such a way that your glutes can come online. Mm. So in order to turn the glutes on correctly, 
Those are external rotators, lateral rotators. They push the leg out. And so what are we doing is we're in this position. Mm -hmm. We're literally starting to mobilize those tissues so that when I go into a squat, I'm already, I've already been carving that path or greasing that groove. Right. You know, so mm -hmm. if we did spend more time on the ground, that would be, that would be huge. Uh, but the big thing with running is um, people need to train for it. Like you can't just sit in your desk for, you know, 45 hours a week and then yeah. sit at your house and watch Netflix and then, like our lives are sitting. Literally. That's the nature mm -hmm. of, of modernity is we, we sit and then press buttons and stuff comes to us. Yeah. It's pretty amazing, really. Like it's cool. I mean, it's cool. yeah, it's just not Think great it. it's, for like it's pretty, longevity. It's, it's like rad that we did that. <laughs> like how can we make this easier and we can be lazier? Like it's such and a cool you, testament to what we could do. In Uganda, they think that to the extreme. They think that you push a button on our desk and potato chips pop up or chicken <laughs> That's what it up. is. Like that's that American got going on. We all me when I was there. That's, that's what happened. It's like unbelievable. Like I think it's the coolest thing. You really do. You just roll your desk chair to the vending machine. Seriously. That's it. No, it's a real thing. Yeah, that really happens. Yeah. So if we can take that and be like, wow, like what else can we do? Like we made it in such a way as opposed to like needing to hunt and gather and build shelter mm. and like whittle sticks to make fire. And we've gotten to a point where we can sit in a sofa, press a button and life just comes to our face. Yeah. So cool. I wonder if we like promised ourselves we're going to make this easier so we have more time to do playtime and be active and be outside. But then some That's reason the we got caught up. But we're adaptation machines. That's the thing is we'll adapt to just what we need, nothing more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so when you're in this situation, you have to either you have to have community, you know, or be mm -hmm. some like rogue random outlier that's like, I need to serve my biology, you know, but you need community to like get you to do this stuff. For sure. Well, we call it seek the pain for positive gain. We say that almost every episode. Yeah. <laughs> Move towards the things that are uncomfortable because on the other side, you got some gold going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, but what, at what points do you become let go? a crazy yeah. person? Yeah. I think, that, that, I think like, that there's a lot of people as well where it's like, sadistic. cool, you that, deadlift yes. 900 pounds. Like, <laughs> And you're bleeding out of your nose as you're doing it. Like you, you yeah. seek the pain. You did it. Yeah. Or it's like, okay, well then you, I've said before, it's like that slogan can uh, push us too far over because mm -hmm. then we can stay in the unhealthy relationship thinking, what is it here to teach me? And he's my teacher. What, how, maybe it's something I can change and just trying to get rid of our egos even yep. more. So there's definitely a balance to that. Balance. Balance yeah. to that saying. Yes. We, so. we try to balance it out with the be a light slogan. It's like, <laughs> Seek the pain until you are no longer being a light or something. There's something in between those two. We waver bef between. So yeah. we'll, f we'll figure it out. Yeah, we need, to, we need to stew on that one. We We're going to stew on the pain <laughs> thing and the upside down thing. We'll come back to yeah, the commercial. For sure. Does anyone um, have a question for Aaron in the audience? <laughs> in the very questions? back? In the way back. Yes. Uh, let, let's oh, bring this, a mic out there. Yeah, yeah perfect. Jade's on it. Jade's on it. Jade's on it. Right, What's your name so, too? Say your oh, name. Um, as well. My name is Carla. Thank you for hosting this event. Yeah. Um, so I am someone who is in the food service industry and I'm on my feet a lot. And I noticed that my knees are like not liking me so much anymore because I'm about to turn 30. Yeah. Um, what, when you say like, you know, you need to train in order to run, like what are some things for people who don't like sit for work? Like who are like kind of overexerting themselves? Like yeah. I'm really stressed out in my work. I'm like, I'm like, pretty much like speed walking for like eight hours straight with like very few calories. Yeah. So 
like what are some practical tips that you could give me for that add, kind of lifestyle? Yeah, add more um, reasons to get down low as you're speed walking. You know, so standing in place is just not that you're saying you're, you're moving, but no, just, I'm like moving like, up right. in, yeah. Yeah. So, but even still, that's a very limited range of motion, mm-hmm. you know, so standing in place, I was going to say is like, that's still a sedentary, a sedentary, uh, lifestyle. It's, it's still like, it's, it's no different than just sitting versus standing desk. It's like, there's still two sedentary ranges of motion. It's just ranges of motion. I just want to clarify that I'm, I'm like, no, 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 I know. I'm getting back. Okay, I'm getting cool. back I just want to make sure we're on the same yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so that's like, that's like, the, that's like, that's the one end compared to like, well, what if I'm, you know, a lot of people are making the next step of, okay, well, I'm standing up with you. You're moving around a lot. So I would say have reasons to get down and lunge and squat and put things low and whatever, if you have to reach, I'm sure there's crap that you have to grab throughout your Fuck day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it may be awkward, you know, but you're like, okay, cool. I have the whatever. I don't, what do you do for work? Oh, I work at Hop Daddy. So it's a, a lot of, uh, we're not from Austin. A lot of running around. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> it's a place where you stand in a long ass line for a really good burger and uh, it's really oh, loud. Good. All right. Perfect. Just, yeah. You know, yeah, so it's our in and out. It's like our in and out. Yeah, so oh, it's like fancy. my bad. It's better than that. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. so put the lettuce or the tomatoes or the sauce or whatever in a lower place, and as you're doing that, be intentional about. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I'm getting the lettuce. I'm a squat. Bam. Oh, did it. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Now I'm gonna hear it. Now I'm gonna lunge. Oh, cool. Sick. Got it. Now I'm here lunging it. Oh, nailing it. Right. And so it. as <laughs> I wish people could see this right now. Yeah. Get it on the video. Yeah. So. Um, that would be it, you know, and the same thing when, you, when you're at your house, put stuff in weird places, have one trash can in the house, you know, and so that way every time it's like, oh, the trash can, instead of be, being in my office and pressing the button and life coming to my face, like, oh, I have to go to the trash can, I'll get up from the ground and walk out <laughs> to the room, do that, maybe I'll squat down and put the stuff in the trash can, you know, sometimes I have a, a water jug uh, on like the edge of my, my, uh, my whatever, my, my kitchen what do you call that? A table? A counter? Counter. That's that word. <laughs> I'm better with st- scientific studies than I am with, you know, but I'll literally, this is ridiculous, but whatever. I'll literally squat down like I'm outside as I'm getting water. I'll turn the knob and squat down and get water because it feels good. Mm-hmm. You know, but that, I mean, that might be a little bit of a stretching example, but put things higher up as well. So you have to reach up to grab it. You know, so we've done such a good job at making things so easy for us that our bodies don't need to adapt to anything. Mm -hmm. And then we get ourselves, we kind of paint ourselves into a corner with convenience. And so we need to intentionally make things a little bit more challenging for our body. So that, that would be something really simple that you could do to ameliorate your work situation. And then beyond that would be look like rehab exercises, you know, so you get like a band, which I think are great, obviously, um, and wrap the band around your knees to create a little bit more of that, like booty engagement. You can press the band outward, and to create a little bit more of that activation of the hips, go through some squats, go through some lunges. Um, that'd be a fine example, fine starting point. Yeah. If you want to upgrade to the VIP pack today, um, you get an Align band. Boom. Yeah. Have an yeah the money goes towards safe. So we're going to do one more question and then move on. Unamas, unamas. Hi, how's it going? Um, so what's really interesting that's coming up for me is, so I'm, I'm Middle Eastern. I'm from Iran originally. And in Iran, it's like a cultural thing to squat, like to pee, like people are reading on the street squatting, people are praying squatting, people eat squatting. It's like a cultural thing. And then here, like no one squats. So um, it's interesting how like 
older cultures that's like ingrained in the society and how that we've like lost that over time. And I I would like, it would be interesting to like, you know, research like the anthropology of like how we moved from like squatting as like an everyday movement to something that became so like strange to especially Westerners, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. So there, there has been research. And so, um, cultures throughout like Northern Africa, uh, Eastern Mediterranean, Southeast Asia, those cultures around those areas have minimal to no incidence of osteoarthritis around the hips, um, really low incidence of osteoarthritis around the knees. Western culture invented the hip replacement. We did it. Mm, We've arrived. We did it. (laughs) You know, and so, and when you look at like the, the, the function of our body is to go through these full ranges of motion or we wouldn't have them. You know, if you got it, it's like real estate. Like eventually squatters come and they live in your house and they're like, sorry, bitch, you haven't been here for four years. It's mine now. You know, and that's the way your joints work in a way, except instead of it being squatters, it's like calcified tissue. Mm -hmm. But that was, what was your name? Daria. Daria, That was a really cool um, point to bring up because it's true, you know, in, in the Islamic religion, they have a whole process of prayer where you're standing up, you're bending down, you're do, mm-hmm. you're putting your hands over your, you know, your head and all that. Um, and that's just not the case here. I mean, I guess in, in Catholic church, you do kneel and you do some things that are a little bit movement related, which I would assume were originally instilled for the same reasons to get your stuff flowing before you get into a meditative state and can be spiritual. But that's a really great, um, Point. Thank you for the question. Yeah, most of like religious practices, like I think there's something probably a lot of people in rooms like this were quick to find what's wrong with religion. I'd imagine. Um, I like to find what's right with religion, mm-hmm. and a lot of religion is based around health practices. You know, so if you look at like the five prayers a day that Mercedes is, is referring to, that's you're literally going. I'm writing a book right now, and in it I have five simple steps to you know, whatever, lose your virginity and make yourself a better, you know, everything. Um, be ageless. We'll have to book you for another episode. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> good. Really good. <laughs> Increased testosterone, all the things. Um, and, but so in it, so the five things that I recommend in that essentially are that prayer, you know, so it's spending more time on the ground. It's hanging, you know, so you might not be hanging as you're going down mm-hmm. and bringing your head down to the ground and, getting a little callus on the forehead that some posers end up like rubbing that shit on there to make it look good. Um, but you're going overhead range of motion. Have you guys seen that? No. No, but I've seen, I've seen people want cauliflower ears. Oh, No, this is different. Yeah, well, I have. I've got a little baby cauliflower ear. It's well, a, yours is probably legit, little, though. People are hitting their thing. ears with, with no, water so, bottles so, to make that happen. So um, cultures, so Muslim cultures, they have the prayer and they're, they're, they're you know, bringing their head down they'll literally get a callus. And so I was in um, Morocco. I was out there for a few months and I was like, I was like, what are these weird dry skin patches on everybody's Mm. forehead? I'm like, what is this? They're like, oh, it's because they're praying. Ah, It's a very spiritual Mm. marking. And so what's what people also would do with that, which I used to do with my skateboard growing up. I'd like rub it on curbs to make people (laughs) see that I was board sliding, even though I wasn't like, check it out. So anyway, you could do that too. Yeah. Anyways, whatever. I'm sorry. Dang. I'm sure I offended someone. I got to ask you, what does your house look like? Like after all the recommendations? No yeah. Is it just like you walk oh, into a, a couch. room? Nothing. No. So couches are fine. So that's a chapter in the book. So couches are a tool. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's the thing is, is you, you're, it's all, it's all about how you approach your life. 
you know? So it's like any, you can use a knife to, you know, cut a tomato or cut your head off or whatever. Like it's a knife. It's mm, a tool. Please don't do that. You know, so you figure out how to use the tool. So a couch is a tool. It makes people feel comfortable. It brings people together. Mm-hmm. You know, it's how you sit on the couch. Mm-hmm. You know, so you can use the couch to do self-care to, uh, practices. You could do like a, a thing, a guy, a friend called Kelly Starr, he calls it the couch stretch, which isn't like, a, he didn't like invent that, but that's a nice name for it. So you put your your shin up on the couch and kind of stretch your quads out. Mm. It's like videos online. You know, so you can use it as that. You can sit on the couch, get like a big, open, spacious couch so you can treat it like just a raised up floor. Um, you know, so I have that, but then I also have lots of floor cushions. Okay. Mm. So my, my house looks a lot like some like bohemian Moroccan mm-hmm. Venice. That's what I'm imagining. Biohacker lab. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's like pillows everywhere, but they're like star stuff instead of mandalas or what do you got? Something like that. I have a, I have a, I have a, I have a Human body parts. I have a freezer that I try to get people to go into. Yep. <laughs> you do. Tell I've seen that. that yeah. Yeah. We've got two um, unconventional water. practices that we want to ask you about. Yeah. Let's. Good. We're going to get into some weird stuff here. So first oh, off, yeah. though, not None weird. None of this other stuff was weird at all. No. No, no, no. I mean, we know you're into some weird stuff. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we've researched you. Oh, no. I asked you earlier when you asked what we were going to talk about, if you were afraid to talk about anything in front of people. And you said no. Oh, so we will see. Let's see, where we, let's see where we go. Let's push, uh, push the limits. Go ahead, Mercedes. Uh, well, just first off, I want to touch on the cold bath thing yeah. before oh, we get okay. into all that. Also really good for preventing <laughs> dementia as well. We have yeah. so many metals in our in our environment now. So yeah, you're kind of like an expert dementia, on the cold so, bath, yeah. Wim Hof stuff. So give us it some of that. It makes your body need to show up, you know? So, mm. so any you essentially can just wave your finger at anything that makes you need to show up and it will upregulate everything good for you and downregulate most of the bad stuff. Mm. You do too much of something that makes you show up so much to the point that you break, you might break. Mm. So seek the pain until you break. Is seek that what the we're pain saying and be respectful of yourself. <laughs> mm. Good idea. That's a little yeah. soundbite. You know, like, like that's it. You know, yeah. and so it, most of us, you know, if you hold your breath, it's about a third of the way through, from my understanding, that you'll start to get the diaphragmatic contractions and the kind of this response, like your inner bitch, some people might say it, um, of saying like, you got to breathe. Like, you don't need to breathe. You, you don't need to breathe. Um, you know, so you can push past through that. But don't pass out in, in and a cold you ice can, bath. you please. eventually will come to a point where it's like, no, you really, you really should breathe right mm. now. You know, and so it's the same thing with the cold stuff. You know, as you're in there, it's shown to increase testosterone. It's shown to increase brown adipose tissue, mm-hmm. which is like more similar to muscle than it is actual fat. So it makes you more metabolically efficient. You know, so literally, it's like it puts like a little a little coat of, uh, of of brown adipose on you, which makes you literally burn calories more effectively. Mm-hmm. Makes you think better. Um, I mean, I could essentially just make shit up. And it would be right. Like, I guess, <laughs> yeah, it's that good for you. You know, because like, look it up. It does. Like, do a study. You should get a labile. Like, look into a study and see that. It's like, oh, wow, it, it balances your neuro. Yeah, it probably balances your neurotransmitters. Yeah, I noticed the biggest you know? difference in my sleep. I sleep mm. deeper that yes. night. Um, also with my anxiety, but I think that isn't only the cold. It's not only the temperature. It's the mind thing of, I just, I just did that. I just made yeah. it through. You feel powerful. Um, also, if you want to upgrade to a VIP pack, we've got cryotherapy uh, <laughs> in there. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, I think that uh, that's and a sex big drive. I just wanted to add that sex, sex drive. drive, since we seem to be going back to that on this uh, episode, a lot um, is increased by doing these cold baths. Mm-hmm. So 
Never so hurts. is exposing your genitals to the sun. It's good for that. Oh. Yeah, especially yeah. men. That doesn't happen often. Exposing your testes to the sun. Speaking of genitals. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, so you like we've explored. You're into some unusual practices. You're talking. You're going to talk about ejaculation, aren't you? We are. Okay, let's go. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, if I'm just going to give a little preface for those of you who don't know, but um, and you wouldn't unless you listen to a show, probably. Uh, you abstain completely from ejaculation. No, at, not completely. Not okay, completely. no, like so give like, us a rundown. Like, like twice like, a month or yeah. so, I'll ejaculate. Yeah. Twice that. a month. So I kind of follow more like you the Taoist Montak Chia is a, is a thing that people can look into. Um, I love that. I love that there's people doing acro yoga in the back. That's like, <laughs> that's awesome. that's like oh, nice. That's, that's how you know you showed up to this kind of podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, some of this information, like there's a lot of interesting people that go both ways where they say like, you know, it's, it's like a hormetic stressor in a sense and you ejaculate, you know, and you, you, you blow your seed and then your body has to upregulate mm-hmm. and create that and ends up kind of like making you have to, you know, become stronger for yeah. that. There's also another, I was actually literally just reading about this last night. Um, I don't remember where the study was. They did it with worms called nematodes mm-hmm. and they have, they often relate these nematodes to uh, humans because they have really similar, uh, biology. Look this up. And, but what they found with that is they had one group of nematodes. They had them not, they had them abstain completely. And um, wait, hold on, let me start over. One group was, was having sex and ejaculating. And then they lived for eight days on average. The other group, they were having sex and, oh shit, I might've got myself in the woods on this one. Hold on. Well, what they found was the people is the ones that were having sex and actually, uh, the, actually uh, keeping the seed in. Oh, they yeah. ended up living for fourteen days longer, mm. and then the group in the middle was abstaining completely. So it's like that's, a sense of giving your energy out. Yeah. So, I mean, so we revolve around the world of MMA a lot, and MMA fighters, male fighters, often abstain from um, ejaculating during their entire training camp yeah. because they think that it holds some sort of power to do that. Um, women fighters, on the other hand, say, Let it rip. Yeah. yeah, they say that the more yeah. they orgasm, the better they are in the cage. So women can ejaculate as well, though. And so your orgasm, you're essentially doing what, like, what a, the, that version of a male orgasm is. Okay. So men can build their orgasm up just the way the women. Like, women more naturally revert to that, mm-hmm. and they kind of build the orgasm. Like, oh, no, I don't want to orgasm right now. I want to build it. And the men are like, no, like, have at it. Come on, girl. <laughs> you know, because men just want to have that accomplishment of like, I did it. Yeah. She orgasmed three times, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. But it's actually really powerful to build it up, mm-hmm. you know, and you can literally like, if you ever look at like, I don't know, real estate or stock market, you know, prices, you can see there's like an up, 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 up. And then this little down dip and then an up, oh, it's even higher now. And then a little down dip mm-hmm. and then, whoa, it's really high. Sell the house. Boof. Yeah. No, that's when you orgasm. <laughs> Sell the house. Relating this to real estate is an interesting <laughs> And option. so you'll have a, a much more powerful full body type orgasm with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so you can build that, they call the orgasmic energy up in your, in your body. Um, you know, and so that's, I, I relate to the, to the worms, you know, where I'm like, I want to have, you know, wild, crazy sex 
and I don't want to be all sleepy and just want to like eat a you know a hoagie afterwards and fall asleep. Mm-hmm. I don't eat hoagies anyway, but whatever. Oh, I was going to say ridiculous meatball sub or so, I don't know. <laughs> but like that's the that's the way you feel as a man. Like after you have sex, you're like, oh, that was cool, but like please. Just leave me alone. Yeah, leave me alone. We you know, and if you don't do that, you don't feel that way. That's very interesting. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, not can I say stimulated. one more thing? Please. Okay. Um, so something that I found interesting, there's another, um, uh, oh crap, I'm spacing the book. I'll come back to what the book is. But the, the idea that we naturally, sometimes we can get this like subconscious resentment, men, of women for taking our seed. Because you literally, mm. like, when you're having sex with your girlfriend us. or your, you know, your wife or whatever, afterwards, you'll notice, if you're anything like me, they're like, woo, they're, like, charged up. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, dear God. <laughs> I so have it's almost left. like you're passing on this energetic baton yeah. to the female. You know, and the men were just like, okay, cool, I, I can see it. how that'd be subconscious, yeah. And so, like, to me, like, I resent that shit. I'm like, dude, I'm like, I'm trying to, I want to, woo, like, I want that too. And you, do you get that when you. Absolutely. Yeah. If you, if you. So also we have someone on that's airing this Wednesday, Peter Craig, who talks about how, because it's a lot of self-control. Yeah, for sure. And also I imagine it makes you a great lover because you're not so much about the outcome of yourself. Um, Slowly. Aaron will be in the back afterwards, ladies. Um, <laughs> 44 minutes <laughs> because right. you're you're also focused on uh, not just what's going to happen with you right but he talks about having to like breathe into his pelvis in order to keep himself um, from ejaculating but in doing that because he keeps trying During to please sex. his lover mm-hmm. he ends up having multiple orgasms from um, keeping himself from Man. Yeah, from keeping it in. So David Dato, and I didn't know Way men the could have the man was the book that I was brain farting yeah. on. There. What is the name of it again? Way of the Superior Man. I'm sure Way a lot of people Superior. in this room have read it already. Um, so David Dato, Way of the Superior Man. This is mm-hmm. that's where the resentment of your girlfriend for subconsciously taking like your chi energy or whatever. Um, that's where that came from. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I agree. I mean, that's that's. I think that meditation is one of the most powerful supplements for sexuality that any person can can use mm. is just spending time being kind of calming your nervous system mm-hmm. you know we have so much st- static happening you know and there's already so much pressure with sexuality mm-hmm. you know so to be able to have that introspection and that time with yourself and even have like you know a healthy masturbation practice and mm-hmm. for most men you know you grow up and like your mom's gonna come up like my mom's busting me jerking off like when i was oh my god we almost- it's not a cool sensation <laughs> It's not okay, you know? And so those situations, you're like, you're trying to like bust a nut and like, okay, cool. Okay, cool. You know? And so that's what we pattern ourselves since we're Mm. little kids. Um, And sex is this bad, naughty thing, you know? So we have, whether you realize it or not, you have like years of shit to unpattern. Yeah. You know? And so spending that time with yourself. Oh my God. Shame and guilt. I'm still ashamed of my anus. Who's Look, not ashamed of their anus? Listen to that Kyle Kingsbury episode, Jason Ellis. I know, yes, yeah. anal training. I got to get on Ellis's show. He's got to put some stuff in my my parts. You'll have anal to training, to you're going to have to watch. I mean, you're listening. And we're going to have... <laughs> yeah, don't watch, please, dear God. Mercy. He might let you. But so you shrink up. You know, so if you're like, like um, especially a man's anus, I apologize to offensive to any children out there. I'm sure you have a large... A large I don't think we have children audience. Uh, no, I'm saying oh, you're no, in no, the no. podcast. I'm just yeah. No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> but I know there are going to be some in attendance today. Oh, so. perfect. Great. But not now. You're um, good. You're good. But yeah, just notice that with yourself. So one thing, notice right now, everybody check in with your anus. How many people are contracting it? 
I mean, I don't assume like no, 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 we're all no, not no, trying no. to poop our pants right now or anything. No, no, no. I bet you there's a lot more people in the room. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. We're all a bunch of sensitive people here. But um, the tendency is you're moving around. Take a look at the situation of your sphincter. Like for the most part, as you're walking around the room, a high percentage of people you start asking around, notice with yourself, you'll be clenching it and not even realize it. Mm. You know, if mm. someone, if someone like a man, <laughs> this is a hundred percent, unless you're like <laughs> super, super, you know, there's a few of us maybe in this room. I'm not one of them, you know, but if you pull, if you like pants somebody, they go, oh, oh God, there's this full contraction. You learned that. You're ashamed of yeah. your dick. Like you learn to be ashamed of it or you wouldn't, you get pants be like, whatever, what, what? That's my dick. Like, that's what that is. That's my dick. That's, here we are. Before you couldn't see it. Now you can. Here we are. Yeah. So, but we naturally carry subconscious shame around our genitals. Yeah, if you true. don't realize that, I mean, maybe, no, you've, maybe you've overcome it. But And you know what? I want to, uh, we're just not aware of it really. Yeah. You talked a bunch about this and you had an episode on it, which I highly recommend you guys listening to. Um, I'm not going to recall the guy's name that you interviewed, but it was on foreskin restoration and circumcision. Gil, Gil Headley. Thank He's you. like world's most renowned uh, body. I don't know what you would call him. Cadaverist. Yeah. A person that, that professionally cuts works up on cadavers, bodies, cuts yeah. up in dead bodies. And he, he's like pioneered uh, connective tissue fascia. He's a big deal. He's awesome. I mean, he's a big deal in a very like esoteric world. He's a big deal to me. Mm-hmm. So just yeah. want to know, I guess, your where your mind space is at when it comes to the way that the world sees circumcision, especially in America and like where we... I don't want to shit on anybody, but where we should go from here. Yeah. I don't have a strong enough opinion on it yet, other than the trauma mm-hmm. that you have to be endowed with with that. Like it's the entrance to your life. Oh yeah. my God. You know, if it's like first of all, it'd be really great if we did water births. Like that sounds like that would be a great idea. Again, this is beyond my level of expertise. But um, you know, another thing would be great if we could be like squatting to mm-hmm. alleviate that pressure and allow mm-hmm. like movement to actually happen as opposed to going mm. the opposite direction, which right. is just insane to me. Um, you know, and, and then you're in this sterile, bright, blue lit environment, mm-hmm. which is so different than the womb. And then they cut your most sensitive And then they cut part. the top of your cock off. Like that's yeah. like, it's oh actually, my God. Luckily, <laughs> there's only like 12 states that consider it medical still. The other states consider it cosmetic, so insurance isn't covering it anymore. So by the time my kids are adults, it's going to be like half and half or circumcised, half not. Um, I was learning, too, that the vitamin K shot that babies get whenever they're born is partly due to coagulating your blood because Because of the circumcision circumcision that happens. So we're just doing all these unnecessary, yeah, it just goes hand in hand, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, I think we just need to be more accepting of ourselves. You know, even with your children, like, it's like, it's Mm -hmm. super interesting. You know, I've never thought of this specifically, but yeah, it's it's like your child is an extension of yourself in a sense. And they come out and they're like, his dick's not right. (laughs) Right? We we need surgical intervention. Mm -hmm. This is wrong. Yeah. I'm trying really hard to parent without Put some pants on that boy. Chop that thing off. All right, here we go. Yeah, and kids (laughs) love to be naked too. Yeah. That's true. Of course. They love to be naked. It's only... But now there's all this science behind restoring your foreskin, guys. So if you're yeah, circumcised, you can it's fine also. Has anybody heard of that? Raise your hand if you've heard of foreskin restoration. Only from your 
Two. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So yeah, that was the first that I heard of it. I was like, I was, was like dumbfounded. I was so podcast. excited. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's. It, I mean, it's a thing that you can you can do. I don't know the medical benefit of restoring your foreskin, but I've seen. I, since then, I've researched it, and there's some interesting photos that I've seen. Highly recommend it if you're into like really weird shit. Um, <laughs> and yeah, from like six months to two years, I've seen you can actually literally like fully restore your foreskin. Like your skin grows. Like that's what happens. What Gil was talking about. It's like if you get fat you don't like explode like right. a sausage package or something. You get that, your skin extends, it's fine. You know, and so the same thing happens is you just tug on your pecker. It'll start to, you know, the, the skin will start to be like, oh, okay, cool. We need to adapt to this tug. Mm-hmm. This jerk is pulling on us all the time. Um, and then eventually you can actually like attach weights to it. And Whoa. it's literally, yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool. Could get aggressive, but hey, if you want to <laughs> grow that sucker back, the option is well, out so, there. So, but saying. then the, the question is like, well, why the hell would I do right. that? And then, so the issue, which I've never experienced this, like I, I was, I more dealt with premature ejaculation mm-hmm. was like more my issue in the past. Right. I still will have moments in, in my life where I'm like, whoa, more sensitive. I have to figure that out. Um, which is why I've been so interested in like the retention and all yeah. that. It's become like, figure that out. That's mm-hmm. important. Um, so me with my circumcised penis, um, I haven't experienced that personally. Like that's the, they're like, you, you're not going to yeah, feel. Yeah, you don't feel enough. You're like, I feel yeah. too much. Um, Man. I'm good. Right. Yeah. Um, but that's a part of it is, is kind of like, you know, it's kind of like a clitoris, like it wraps or yeah. the, the wrapping around the clitoris. The hood. The yeah. Hood. Gaining back the sensitivity mm-hmm. by making a buffer between yeah. the and most sensitive part of your penis. For sex as well, because you have this extra sliding surface. True that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Sorry if you guys didn't come here for sex talk. Yeah, I know I it was know. titled Move With Magic. <laughs> that was the magic part. <laughs> That's, <laughs> yeah. Move, and then now we're Lube the magic. with magic. We don't know. Lube with what's magic. What's going that on could here. Be a, a next one. <laughs> Sequel. All right. So there are some <laughs> questions we like to ask all the, all the guests that come on our show. Mm-hmm. So first off, what advice would you give your 25 year old self? Oh man. I think the standard that I, I mean, I think this is a typical one, but just like take it easy on yourself, love more, love yourself more, Mm -hmm. have less inhibitions, less shame. I'm still working on that. Like there's still stuff that I know that I'm, I'm, I'm like, I feel contraction around. So when I'm like, you know, 50, someone would be asking this question about now looking back at myself now, I'd be like, yeah, like take yourself less seriously, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Melody said that earlier yeah. too. It seems to be the theme of my week actually. I know. Kyle said it on our show too, remember? Yeah. So taking yourself less seriously has been the fourth time I've been told that this week. It's time yeah. to and give, <laughs> like lead with giving. You know, there's like a the mm. idea of like, you know, staring at your stove and like waiting for it to give you like, give me heat, come on. You know, it's like we got to put wood in the stove and then you got to like build the fire. You know, and so just looking at every moment as an opportunity of like, mm-hmm. how can I be of service to you? How mm-hmm. can I be of service to you? How can I be of service to you guys? Mm, what a beautiful way to live. Mm. Yeah. And you said love more. Like you're never going to be on your deathbed and think, man, I didn't, w- I wish I wouldn't have loved more. Yeah. I wish I wouldn't that's have been kind, be you know, like that's always going to be something that you're going to be glad you mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. That's what the the world really needs. Right. Yeah. So I think that like a, work on let going, letting go of shame, just like love with less inhibition. Mm. That's the thing. That's always the bummer. When you want to talk to the girl or want to talk to the whoever, you know, grow up to the person. It's usually a person thing for me, you know, and then I'm like, ah, no, they're not going to like me or whatever. Yeah. 
you know, and I don't do it. And then I, I hate myself for the next like three days. And so how did you, how did you learn to love more? What did you do to let go of that feeling? I think I just throw myself into the fire more regularly. Hmm. Like stuff like this, like this is uncomfortable for me. It's very uncomfortable you know, for me. Like, like <laughs> doing things like this, honestly, like I'm like pacing around and I have my little notebooks and I'm scribbling and I'm like, oh God, I hope people think I'm smart enough. <laughs> you know? And it's like just doing, so this would be an example that I've obviously intended myself to because I've intentionally put myself in that, that uncomfortable situation mm-hmm. a lot more. Um, but this is just a micro, like you guys here potentially judging the ridiculous things that have come out of my mouth already <laughs> essentially is allegory to me walking up to some girl that might think that I'm not like cool enough. Yeah, it's practice. It's practice. So every time eventually you get, you, you go up to that person and people know this, but it's, I think it's just repetitions. So you go up to that person and you're like, worst case scenario, you got some, a rep in and you realize what didn't work. Mm-hmm. Best case scenario, you made a cool connection. You're working out a muscle for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's a muscle. So if you could have the world, the whole world read one book, which would it be? Oh, man. Foreskin Restoration. (laughs) (laughs) Has it been written? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. No. um, So the one, I think I need to change my answer on this. My answer has been for this for a while is Man's Search for Meaning uh, by Viktor Frankl. And I think what's what's powerful about that book for me is that it's just like, it's so easy to be ungrateful for everything. Like my life is Mm -hmm. like insanely, profoundly amazing. It's unbelievable Mm -hmm. how much I'm just beauty and wealth and and like health and abundance like oh i have a fucking freezer in my porch (laughs) that i elect to freeze myself and my friends and then we go into the sauna and like talk about life like it's it's like oh my god you know and at the same time i have just as many existential crises of like what the fuck am i doing in the world i feel like because every time you open that box which you do often 500 other questions come up out of yeah. it. So you're kind of always in the search. You're always seeking. for Yeah. So, so, so have like Victor Frankl was like shuffled around from concentration camp to concentration camp. Um, and like is writing his whole like life philosophy on this like little, you know, he had it on documents and they took that away from him. They wrote it on like toilet paper, you know, and it's like, he was, he was a pretty optimistic dude. Yeah. You know, so any bullshit that I, you know, think like, woe is me. I'm just like, please shut the fuck up. <laughs> And, you know, like, just, like, give somebody a hug. Yeah, it's crazy how far we've gotten from that. Um, Like, we'll be on a plane and we're upset that we're delayed. But the fact that we're on a plane is a miracle, you know? Um, We're traveling somewhere, you know? We're doing something today. Yeah. We're able-bodied enough to do that. Mm -hmm. There's always something to be grateful for. Gratitude makes such a big difference. Um, There was a story I told before on Tom's episode about Corey Tenenbaum, who was in the concentration camps, and her bunk, uh, she was there with her sister. Her bunk was covered in fleas and rats. And it was just, it was so disgusting. And her, uh, she would always complain about it. And her sister said, no, thank God for the rats. Thank God for everything that's going on. There's always, um, there's always something we're not seeing. And she just like resented her sister. because She was like, this is awful. How could you even, how could you even say to be thankful for this? And she ended up surviving the concentration camps and decades later when she had dealt with all the trauma and the pain and had chosen for, to forgive, you know, all of the, um, 
bad characters in the story, um, she ran into one of the soldiers and she felt the need to go up to him and tell him that she forgave him. And he teared up and asked what bunk she was in. And when she told him, he said, oh, y'all were the, one of the few women that didn't get raped. Your bunk was so disgusting. We never wanted to go in there. So it really like hit her, you know, like it sounds so weird to be grateful for rats and, right. and you know, fleas on your bed. Yeah. But if we can just find the gratitude um, and even the hard parts, it's secret, all working secret. towards something magical yeah. for sure. Middle-aged white men who are like the king of the world end up having a really high instance of suicide. Mm. Yes. You know, so it's, it's, it's really ironic that I think oftentimes greater privilege ends up kind of like trailing behind that is a lot more kind of like psychic weight in a way. Mm-hmm. Like if you have something to resist against, it's, it, it builds you and you get stronger and you can, you can exercise that. Yeah. But if you just give somebody everything, mm-hmm. you've kind of paralyzed them in a way. Mm-hmm. And when they're, when they're caught in that place of not being grateful and they're in that negative mindset, they're not, look, they're not um, open to the connection that prevents the suicide because when you commit suicide, it's a lack of hope for the future, right? But if you were at, at least just connecting with those around you, then you, it would give you hope, I think. It all, it's all comes down to connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So if you could whisper one phrase to everyone on the planet, what would it be? I think that was it. I just took a breath. I mean, that's pretty mm-hmm. cheesy, but that would probably be it. No, that's <laughs> that was my shit. Yeah, that's what I probably, needed to hear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would just be a sound. I mean, that's like probably the most new agey thing mm. I could possibly respond with, <laughs> but that's what it was. So <laughs> I took a big breath and it felt good. Oh, yeah. I People love ask me, because sometimes I'll take a really deep <laughs> breath. And I, like, no man that I've ever dated has liked that. They've always been like, what's wrong with you? Why are you always taking like these sighing. deep breaths? Yeah. Cause they think that I'm like, Oh yeah. And I'm not, I'm just taking a deep breath because it feels good. It's like something I thoroughly enjoy is taking yeah. loud, deep breaths. I don't know. And I noticed too, like with my, my partner that whenever he takes a deep breath and he can be like in the room, just in the room somewhere, you know, but he's doing his own right? thing. It's contagious. Like I'll, uh, I'll do the exact same breath, you know, and it's just because I needed it and mm-hmm. he, and he needed it and we're in the same energy space. So there's something. feels there. better when you do it with a smile too. Everyone do it. Ready? Yeah. Everyone smile. This is going to be creepy. <laughs> Take a really deep breath. <laughs> Super creepy. <sighs> feels good, really good, right? Yeah. The energy feels good. Yeah. And breathing through the nose is a big, big deal as well. So if you're mm-hmm. breathing through your mouth, it's, you're going to end up being a little bit more like breathing up clavicular. I was about to say that you got to breathe from your belly. Yeah. Well, so even, even, so we can kind of cheat and breathe through our bellies and still not be activating the diaphragm the way. Mm -hmm. So you want to pull that diaphragm down. Mm -hmm. So this is a nice thing. Everybody can put your hands around the sides of your ribs and kind of sit like upright ish uh, as best you can. We're cheating because we have these little 45 pound plates that we're sitting on. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and so as you're doing this, you're going to put uh, on the side of the ribs there and Get nice and long and start to just follow your breath and feel that breath moving horizontally. So horizontally being out into your hands, so breathing into your hands. And then emphasize that breath out. So we're going to go four second breath in. Then you can hold it for four seconds. We do kind of like a box type breathing. And then emphasize the breath out. So you can breathe out for six seconds. Nose only? Nose only. And then, and do just two circuits of that. So four seconds in, hold it for four seconds. 
then breath out for six seconds, and then hold it for four seconds again. I didn't mention that. When it's out? Yep. Okay. So at each end, end of each breath, hold it for four seconds. And really emphasizing, we oftentimes over-breathe, and that puts us a little bit more in this kind of like panicky place. It also makes us more sensitive to CO2. And so then the point when it comes where you maybe don't have access to air, your body's overly sensitized to that response. Mm-hmm. So practicing when you're walking between phone poles, you know, whatever, you can just play with, blow all your air out and say, okay, I'm not going to breathe until I get to that next phone pole. And what you're doing with that, you're literally oxygenating the red blood cells in your body. Okay, so you're, and you're also that, that, that long breath out puts you in a more of that parasympathetic place. Mm. Also, something fun about breathe, intentionally breathing like that, it's really hard to think about anything when you're yeah. holding your breath. Yeah. You know, so it's almost like a little forced meditation. Like, so we do these like, you know, this like guilt trip things with ourselves. We're like, oh shit, I didn't meditate for 15 minutes this morning. I'm a horrible person. Everybody, every podcast says I need to do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's great. Do that. And if you're doing little micro meditations throughout mm-hmm. the day, probably not nearly as important. Mm-hmm. Do both, but it's not the end of the world to have that like guilt trip on yourself that you didn't have time to do the 15 minute mm-hmm. thing. Do it between phone poles. I love that it's like between that, phone really poles because that's some weird shit I would definitely do. I'd be like, I'd pick something while I'm walking, like until I get to that red car. And then when I get there, I'm like, no, nah, I'm fucking doing it till the Good. white car. Good. Yeah. Do it, Mercedes. Go. That's funny. So well, Aaron, true. before you lead us in a little bit more of what you've already um, shown us some. The of, foreskin restoration. Right? Yeah. <laughs> going to get Let's into that. Everybody, here we go. <laughs> Before we go into that, um, where can everybody find you online? Oh, um, well, probably the best place. I mean, Instagram is probably where people will realistically go. So mm-hmm. Align Podcast is there. And then um, check out the podcast. Obviously, people listening to this are, are um, prone towards audio messages. So mm-hmm. Align Podcast is that. And if people have interest, you guys can actually text. I think this works. You can text 474747. Text Align to that. And then you get um, this five-day movement challenge thing where essentially like five wow. fundamental movements that I think that everybody should be doing with their lives. So it breaks down a lot of the stuff that we talked about. Mm-hmm. So you just like text that. It's pretty cool that it works. Hopefully it works. <laughs> <It's awesome>. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so that's like, like, I think it's just people need to have fundamentals. And we don't get fundamentals in school. Um, it's insane. It's unbelievable that we don't talk about like body language and you just – posture in school. It's yeah. never, never talk about it. It's yeah. Not, it's a lot a of things we should talk about in school. Yeah. So anyway, so that's mainly that's love that. badass. So I also just wanted to note, and I'm sure everyone sitting in his, you know, in front of, of Aaron right now can attest to this, but he has a very strong, pre- you have a very strong presence and eye contact, which maybe some of you guys have recognized and you take pauses with people. And I really just appreciate you sharing that type of space. Mm. So thank you. I noticed. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> this is to make people I, feel I seen. It. Yeah. Cool. That's what everybody really wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Well, so. I really appreciate that. If you want to lead everybody in some eye gazing exercises, yeah. feel free. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> we could all work on our eye contact. Yeah. Um, all right. We'll move all right. To so the side. we have, we went over a little bit. We have about 20 minutes. Is that okay? Damn. 20 minutes. What, 30? I don't care. No, whatever. I'm yours. I'm uh, here for you. Well, we do 20 um, minutes. Okay. 2025. 20, let's see how it goes. Yeah. Let's yeah. just yeah. freestyle and see what um, happens. All right. So Aaron's going to lead us in some stuff uh, similar to what he's already done. 
Oh, I think we should do some different stuff. Let's everybody get into a circle because those are just so nice. And we want to meet each other and like connect and all those. That's really valuable. That's why we're here anyway. So there's so many like-minded people. There's a reason that all of us came to an event like this is because we're into similar stuff. So to leave here and not connect to at least, that'd be an interesting goal. Like be sure to connect with at least two people before leaving here. And so let's get into a little, let's get as close as we can and we'll see how, this is like a perfect size group. I'm really grateful for this. Um, And then I can take the microphone down once we do that and I'll be over here. Let's, and everybody's going to sit on the ground we be sitting on the ground. Um, are we all sitting? And we're going to get so that our knees are connected with each other. Aaron led us through a really moving connection exercise and breath was flowing, tears were flowing, and it really helped set the mood for the rest of the night. So, so cool. Yeah, it really, really was. Uh, before we end the show, guys, I just wanted to thank our sponsor, Ever Athlete, for coming through so strong with such a great discount for all of our listeners. These clothes are super soft and wearable for everyday life, you guys. And the best part is, if you're anything like today's guest, Aaron Alexander, you want to be ready for any opportunity that pops up where you can get some movement in. If you're already wearing your super stretchy, super soft, super <laughs> supportive gear from Ever Athlete, you will be ready for that impromptu squat or extra trip to your trash can at any time, y'all. Yeah, good point. I'm definitely <laughs> going to find some new ways to increase the amount of movement, especially squats and lunges, in my everyday life. For sure. I'm already taking extra trips up my <laughs> stairs when I can. <laughs> and for our listeners, Ever Athlete is giving 15% off site-wide when you use code MAGIC at checkout. So hit up everathlete.com and see if they have something there that lights you up. Talk to you guys next week. Until then, be a light. This program is a Red Fox audio production. Quick disclaimer. We are not medical professionals, so following any of our protocols or advice should be done at your own risk, people. And please remember to always, always do your own research. Tap into that extraordinary growth mindset we all have access to within ourselves and seek out your own answers. Come on, guys, you know, you know the deal. And by the way, if you are a medical professional or an expert in any topic we cover and you feel we are not giving accurate information about it, please find somewhere to contact us. Contact us via social or email us at our website and let us know. A major goal of ours in doing this podcast is to bring value to people's lives by sharing helpful insights and info. So we welcome being corrected at any time and we'll be happy to share any of our fuck ups with our listeners so as to get us all back on track to discovering our happiest, healthiest selves.